You are listening to a special Drishti Point podcast. I'm Farnas Raleigh, and I'm here with Marianne Rodmacher and Liz Kalik. They are authors of a book called She, a celebration of greatness in every woman. She celebrates the diversity of qualities that lift and inspire the contributions that women make to the world every day. From Madeleine Albright, secretaries Hillary Clinton to Oprah Harper Lee, Harper Lee and Lucille Ball, these are some of the many women that are represented in the book and that represent the very best in human spirit and serve as an excellent role model for all women. Marianne and Liz gathered these fierce and feisty females along with their best advice for our life journey on the topics of leadership, friendship, purpose, adventure, cooperation, collaboration, risk-taking, resourcefulness, happiness, compassion, and much, much more. Welcome, Liz and Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I'd start by asking you the general question of from what did this book evolve? How did it start and how were you inspired to work together to create it? Mm-hmm. Um, the pieces started as cards that we designed together for um, a company called Applied Insight. And <clears throat> Marianne and I have known each other and worked together in various um various kind of combinations for about 12 years now. Um, But yeah, the start of it was the cards, and when we got all the artwork done and incorporated Marianne's words into it, we kept kind of coming back to, I think there's something bigger here. Mm -hmm. And so the bigger here became the book. I see. And what, what, Marianne, maybe you can answer this question. What is your hope for how the book will be used and what it will inspire in the women who read it? We hope that this book becomes a companion volume that acts both as a modern book of hours in that a woman can open it anywhere and find a sentence or two that's incredibly inspiring to her, And we also hope that it reinforces with women the qualities that contribute to each person's greatness are not all loud and aggressive and assertive qualities. They they don't all wear high heel shoes or boots. Some of them wear (laughs) wear slippers and and. dress like they're going to go to the beach. When, if you visualize all those different types of walking instruments, we hope that this book becomes that comfortable, favorite pair of shoes for the women who read it and open it time and again. Now tell me a little bit about how you define greatness. I know there's many, 25 different qualities in the book, but was there some central theme um, that you could tie all of the stories of the women who are who make it into the book. The theme really was that um, you know the word greatness Im- implies um, uh, a largesse and um, a bigness, but um, I think that we both wanted it to mean in in terms of the qualities that we chose to represent that large or small. Um, 
the contributions that women make to each other's lives, to the world in general, um, are great in and of themselves, no matter how small or how worldly they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the word greatness, I sometimes stumble over a little bit because I think that sometimes greatness in, is in knowing when to be quiet um, and listen, and greatness is also um, deeply um, enmeshed in um, you know, empathy and comfort and care. And um, in this world that we live in today, it's the big grand gestures that get the big attention. And I think greatness has come to mean something very different um, than so, how great it is to, to do smaller things for others. So it sounds like your greatness is more a sense of profound or significant profound connection to your true core Mm -hmm. every woman has greatness within them and it is expressed and articulated in the truest form the way that is right and correct for them and there's so much in our culture today about comparison and look at this uh, model of beauty or this model of success And we're trying to bring it back to the individual core that these qualities are things that that nearly every woman can relate to. And living to the edge of them, expanding to your own sense of edge of these things is a way to articulate your greatness in the world. Now, I imagine you probably have uh, favorite stories or ones that are particularly relevant for you personally? And I'm wondering if each of you can share one of your favorites. I think, you know, truthfully, as I go through the book, um, you know, and we've had the book in our hands for a couple of months now, and as I go through the book, I come back over and over again to the quality that Marianne and I shared together for the book, which is she is cooperative and collaborative. And um, the piece that that puts out into the world um, that collaboration and cooperation and working together towards a common goal, working out um, um, differences of opinion and and keeping walking forward side by side is um, it's 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 really my favorite chapter. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So just the the process of the whole book as exemplified by the two of you working together and maybe mm-hmm. that quality is exemplified by other women. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Marianne? A fine, kind friend concludes the, the she book and that very friend who is the model of that quality I get to see in a few days and the nature of our friendship is it is elastic, it is flexible, it is durable. It doesn't matter how many times we see each other or how long the time is between. We are so connected. And this, uh, not, not oddly, is related to cooperative and collaborative in that dynamic and really viable friendships have that reciprocity and that circular nature to them. Mm-hmm.
You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. And the song you're about to hear next is one of my favorite South African musicians, artists, Miriam Makeba. And this is her rendition of a very famous African song, Malaika. from Tanzania. It's a song in Swahili, a love song. It simply says, Malaika nakupenda malaika, which simply means, I love you, my angel. Ninge kuwa wa madaika 
Now, in, you know, Drishti Point is a show about yoga and the spiritual life, and we have done some interviews on the Divine Feminine. I'm wondering if you can speak about what that means personally for you in your lives at this moment. I think for me, um, incorporating the, that, that feeling, um, that core feeling of the Divine Feminine is about that all-inclusiveness. Um, Marianne had um, said just a minute ago, talking about, you know, comparisons. And when you look at the broad range of um, qualities that women bring, when you look at the broad range of the beauty and the dynamic um, energy and um, the flow, that um, women bring it that for me is where the divine feminine where I kind of enter that feeling of the divine feminine and I think that um, there's a there's a beauty and a grace to this to the simplicity of um, how we laid out the book with the qualities and um, there's a there's a quiet in in the conversation if if that makes sense, um, where I, ident- I identify the most with the Divine Feminine. Liz and I, in all of our events and in our time of talking to others about the book, emphasize men, male uh, humans are welcome to come to these events because the Divine Feminine is not limited to a female. The Divine Feminine represents a set of qualities, an epistemology, a, a way of, of knowing and learning that reflects the expansiveness, the openness, the receptiveness of an individual. And those are qualities that are available to every living creature, not just women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I noticed that... Um, I was reading a little bit about the book. I haven't received it yet, so I'm looking forward to reading the actual book. But there's reference to the Book of Hours, which maybe you can explain what the Book of Hours is and its relevance to the book. Marianne, do you want to do this one? The traditional Book of Hours was a religious means of connecting to the divine throughout the hours of the day. So a traditional book of hours was not only reflective of dawn, noonday, the declining light, evening, time to sleep, but it also carried through the seasons. So it was a spiritual reflection on the the minutia and the large season of a person's spiritual life. And to say she is a modern book of ours is an unapologetic presentation that this book speaks to the heart of a person wherever they choose to open it. The wisdom of women from throughout the ages, 
the beauty of Liz's art and the companionable nature of the words all conspire to be that necessary, inspiring word at any given moment. So was was the essence of the book a way to on a way to um, connect to the divine and connect to the spiritual throughout the day and throughout life with certain rituals or certain markers? Uh, for me, I'm not so sure about, for, for me personally, I'm not so sure about specific rituals or specific markers. I think um, in a in a more general sense, it's it's connecting, you know, taking what Marianne just said, and then connecting to the qualities as they appear. Kind of, um, you know, opening a book and and feeling like, oh, I opened to just what I needed to read. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just read just what I needed to solve that problem that's been on my mind for the last two days or three hours or whatever it is. And to, to so creating a, kind of a a bed of um, comfort and knowledge and wisdom and humor, um, so that uh, there's a connection no matter where you open it. Mm-hmm. I understand. And you know, International Women's Day is coming up on March eighth, which I know is the launch of She, I believe. Is there any personal ritual that you do individually on this day to celebrate? Or are there any specific things that you do on a daily basis to to celebrate the divine feminine in you? On International Women's Day, for as long as I can remember knowing the profound role that Eleanor Roosevelt played in this iconic acknowledgement and remembering day, I I just send my love and gratefulness out to the memory of Eleanor Roosevelt and the stand that she took for the independence of women and for human rights of all of all humans. And, and really, Eleanor stood for living creatures, not just human beings. So International Women's Day is always a day for me to read the remarkable and precise and practical words of Eleanor Roosevelt. I feel I feel so connected to her at so many levels. Mhm. Mhm. And I think for me it's it's more of a personal um, kind of journey back. I think um, International Women's Day. I think a lot about all of the women, whether I knew them um, or specifically my grandmother, my great grandmother, all the women that came before us, um, that did the work, that did the organizing, that did the caring, that did the listening, that did the marching. Um, so that we could be a little further along than where we were when my grandmother was a young girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. And as we uh, draw this interview to a close, um, what are your 
deepest aspirations for this book and what comes next? I hope that women read the introduction that basically says, look at the birds. They are not born able to fly, but they are born equipped to fly. And that a woman will be encouraged and inspired to know that everything that she needs to bring her unique expression and creativity and vision to the world already exists within her. What a beautiful uh, metaphor. Thank you. And I think for me, it's um, for women to be able to take the book in and recognize their beauty and their strength and their wisdom and and see it, begin to see it more and more in other women. Um, I think that um, there's a beauty to women coming together and working towards common goals and, and, and common loves and common interests that um, there's nothing else like that energy. And that, from the beginning, was my deepest wish for this book. Wonderful. Well, I hope that for both of you that that comes to fruition and that uh, I wish you much success in launching the book and in the public talks and readings that you'll be doing in the coming weeks and months. And want to thank you both for your time and wisdom. And I'm so looking forward to seeing the book and reading the book and using it myself. Thank you, Farah. Thank you for the time. And may your listeners enjoy the blessings of all that you offer them. Thank you. You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. The music you're about to hear is Heidi Herdaya, Hari Hari Sham.
special Drishti Point podcast. I'm Farah Nazrali and I'm here on the phone with Christine Price-Clark and I'd love to talk to you a little bit about the goddess and the divine feminine. Mm. What does it mean to you personally, the divine feminine? Well, um, whenever I engage in any conversation about the divine feminine these days, um, the the faces that come to mind most immediately are my my two little girls, mm-hmm. um, which has I think their presence has definitely um, raised the bar for me in terms of my responsibility as a, a woman to um, you know be a role model for them and to really uh, elevate women's you know self respect and. Um, contribution to to the conversation of yoga and contribution to 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 the conversation of the world mm-hmm. um, through through my own mothering of them I think the divine feminine um, I actually just last night was teaching a class and we opened the class by by chanting actually to the to the goddess and the mother Kali mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that I most resonate with in terms of the divine feminine, is the figure of the the fierce mother. One of my teachers describes the Kali Durga as the the mother with the hold that never lets you go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think I think we all, at so many points in our lives, um, can feel as though we are unsupported and un um uh, you know un untethered to anything that is that is nourishing and beneficent and loving and um one of the reasons you know for i think for having a, a celebration of the goddess is to is to bring people back to source and and what I mean by that is bring people back to a place where um they feel both that they have a voice and that they have a place to um, be exactly who they are and come as they are. Mm-hmm. 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 And do you, um, is, you know, chanting to the Divine Feminine, is it part of your yoga practice? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you bring the Divine, you, you talked about how you brought the Divine Feminine into your teaching last night. Is it something that you often bring into your teaching? Well, I would, I would, uh, yes, absolutely. And I would also say that I think it's always in the teachings. I mean, I think, I think the, I think the teaching of uh, yoga in in all forms has the divine feminine present always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Beautifully said. And, yes. <laughs> and what does it? look like to um honor the divine feminine and 
in how we approach our lives and the challenges of our lives? Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> I would say um, that, you know, the first thing that comes to mind just based on um, my most recent feelings toward um, toward women, the representation of women, towards the way that I wish to raise my own two girls um, and wish to further raise myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say that I would, I would love to be a part of increased self-respect for, um, for the body. Mm-hmm increased celebration for <coughs> the feminine voice. Mm-hmm. An increased trust in intuition, which I think there in the divine feminine is incredibly uh, potent and powerful. Mm-hmm. I think I'd leave it at that for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And I guess the last question I have is just that you know, we modern lives can be very, um, and, and the way that we live in an urban center can be very stressful or very busy, very chaotic, very unbalanced at times, um, and. And what are the practices that we can uh, that can bring us back to a place where we feel connected to the divine feminine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think first and foremost, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think probably first and foremost, it's important to just look at, at in fact, how how we are living and. You know, um, there are so many practices, uh, yoga being one or yoga asana being one, of course, many others. And I think it's important to ask the question, is this working for me? Is it, is it enhancing my, um, is it enhancing my, my well-being? Is it enhancing my relationships? Is it enhancing, you know, the, the clarity of how I contribute my voice to this life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an important question to ask first, and then uh, in terms of how how we can how we can you know incorporate practices that elevate the divine feminine. I think, I mean, it, it's kind of a funny conversation because, of course, we're we're speaking we're speaking of sort of a a gender, which really the divine feminine is in some ways almost genderless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said it's my right. I mean, that's my understanding, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can we can erroneously in some ways attri- you know um, give attributes like uh, um, feminine qualities to the divine feminine, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so, how can we bring more of the divine feminine in? I suppose it is by I would say uh, with regard to feeling a sense of um, oneness and and hold inside is to engage in practices that actually bring us more connected to self. And that is sharing space with people that remind you of your goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 
creating spaces for yourself in your life, either physical spaces or, of course, metaphoric spaces where you are safe to feel all that you feel, to explore all that you feel, and um, really engage in practices that elevate uh, uh, your oneness. And that's very unique to each individual. But my exploration right now of the goddess is really about um, about finding a home regardless of where you go. <laughs> Taking your home so, with you, yes. Yeah, that your that your home is your is your heart, mind, and body, and that you know your you you as one of my teachers says so so profoundly and so simply, you have everything you need, and everything you need, you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is very profound as a way of living life, definitely. Yes. Is there any last things you'd like to share with other people who are also mothers or who have taken that path or who feel that mothering energy and how they want to live their lives? Well, that's a loaded question. If I have if I have anything I want to share with the mothers out there, I would say brava. <laughs> <to you. laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a high call and it's a big task. And um, and in terms of how they'd like to incorporate more more loving energy, I would say spend time with 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 women. You know, mm-hmm. and time with women and support other women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and do your best to to really genuinely support other women, um, even and especially women who are in your own field. Mm-hmm. We can we can become so very competitive, and of course this is not exclusive to women. But um, I certainly have seen it in my own in my own um, my own industry, if you will, and mm-hmm. in, in the teaching of yoga and. And uh, I think it can be very liberating and very nurturing if we take the bold and sometimes really radical step of saying, you know, I support you and good for you, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy for your success. That is such a beautiful way for us to bring this conversation to an end, <laughs> to uh, to end on that note of sisterhood and real solidarity and support for other women and other mothers. Yeah. Yes. Yes, do things together, collaborate. (laughs) I could go on now. (laughs) Mm, Thank you so much. It's a great honor. It's great talking to you, Farah. You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. And the next song is Abba Ama by Shimshe. Must live in thy way and thy will 
everything is thy name. Ah, ah, ah. Thy garden serene, thy waters green, the earth as blue as the heavens. Let thy blessings be, and so I give thanks for thee. Let thy blessings be, let thy blessings be, and so I give thanks for thee. Let thy blessings be. And so I give thanks for thee. Let thy blessings be. Let thy blessings be. And so I give thanks for thee. Let thy blessings be. Abraham of creation. Abraham of creation. Abama of creation, Abama of creation, give thanks to the infinite, to one universal one, yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite, to one universal one, Abama of creation, give thanks to the infinite, to one universal one, yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite, to one universal one, Abraham of creation. Give thanks to the infinite, to one universal one, yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite, to one universal one, Abraham of creation. Give thanks to the infinite, to one universal one, yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite, to one universal one. Give thanks to the infinite, to one universal one, yeah. 
to one universal one of our creation. Give thanks to the infinite to one universal one. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. We sing praise to the infinite to one universal one of our creation. Give thanks to the infinite to one universal one. Yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite to one universal one. Suzanne Faith Sokum Gori to talk about the Divine Feminine. Suzanne, what does it mean to you, the Divine Feminine? Yeah, well, that is a packed question. <laughs> it, uh, it, it obviously has this uh, underlying um, feeling and qualities of nourishment and what it means to be restorative and gentle and compassionate and loving and, and kind and joyful, but also uh, as I dove more into understanding what a goddess is uh, intellectually, and now I've been able to experience it more, these other qualities uh, as um, fierceness and, and creativity mm-hmm. and, and adaptability and playfulness, these, these to me uh, also currently are playing a very big role in my life and these are definitely qualities of, of being a goddess and these qualities of fierceness and, and creativity and adaptability uh, I, I find are very useful for being able to problem solve and to create and manifest and being able to move through barriers and challenges. Now I know that you um, was are one of the founders of Yoga for the People here in the downtown East Side, and can you tell us a little bit about how that experience was um, enabled you to 
to bring those qualities forth? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And maybe when I began to stir up these aims and goals of One Yoga for the People in 2009, I wasn't necessarily fully aware of the goddess energies at work. But in reflection, I can see that they definitely were, uh, especially being able to, because uh, goddess energy, goddess is is power. It's it's energy. It's the energy that empower that's used to manifest um, all kinds of forms and things. And so there were a lot of challenges along the way. And sometimes I look back, and it's uh, amazing that I able I was able to move through it. And so the the fierceness and the creativity and definitely assisted me in moving forth and being able to adapt to how that whole neighborhood evolved and changed. Uh, in the beginning, it, it, the studio itself was this little seed, this raw, powerful, unrefined seedling. And now it's 2013, and the studio has evolved into something very different, and we partnered with Ryan Lear, and, and now we're One Yoga for the People. So the, the, that's what the goddess energy represents. It's a huge spectrum from raw, unrefined seedlings to the whole process of unfolding and through the fruition of refinement and, and the blooming of fruits and flowers. So that is the goddess energy, from the raw little seedling all the way to the refined um, glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, One Yoga for the People isn't at its full bloom by any means, but it is, it's a beautiful sprouting, and it's sprouting um, because of everything that's happening in the downtown east side. I mean, the block that we're on right now has, um, if you looked at it, if you would have seen it in 2009, you wouldn't even have recognized it. So um, the goddess energy is, is at play. It's The goddess energy is the play of the universe. So uh, I feel as if my energy, goddess energies were at work in 2009, and I can look back and see that now. <laughs> and I know that you are a mother, and I'm wondering how the experience of motherhood has enhanced and inspired and uh changed or evolved your understanding of goddess? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you always hear that mothers were fierce, but I, I, I definitely didn't know what fierce was until I became a mother to <laughs> see not even just my reaction of working with my kids, but also just being like very protective of them. I mean, things things come out of my mouth sometimes in regards to my me protecting my children. And I'm like, oh my god, where's this coming from? Um, and and then just the fierceness within in regards to protection of your little ecosystem, my family or my community, and and so the creativity and the fierceness, which as I mentioned previously, is really at work right now in my life currently. And I, and I do think that motherhood motherhood plays a very big role with it. My, my kids are playful, and my kids uh, are creative and imaginative, and so they, you know, as a mother, they are, they are totally inspiring me to 
do things that I haven't literally done in, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. And it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. I can't wait for them to become even a little older. So, I mean, they're, they're one and my other just turned four. So when they get older, it will be amazing to, to get into different kinds of play. And what are the, some of the things that you do personally in on a daily or regular basis in order to um, nourish the divine goddess in you? Yeah, that's this is a, a beautiful question. Thanks for asking it because I feel like it's something that we everyone should be asked because goddess energy it, it balances our systems, mm-hmm. and so. And balances our systems, meaning physically and psychologically and emotionally and spiritually. So I, 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 every day I, I definitely block out time to turn the computer and the phone off and literally just dive into being with my kids where we really get into play. And I, I feel when I'm with them and I can literally switch my perspective and my perception into their imaginative worlds mm-hmm. and realities that I feel this injection of joy and really just full playfulness and I, that totally feeds my soul mm-hmm. and I also spend time in the kitchen as much as I can every day just preparing my foods and juicing and that nourishes me on so many levels as well as my family and not every day, as much as I can, I pick up my guitar and my harmonium, and, and I also paint. So these really allow me to kind of break out of the day-to-day barriers that kind of harden me, and these make me feel really soft and sensitive. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, advice or, or words of wisdom for, you know, it seems that living in a in a modern urban center it's there's always a struggle of how to find balance and how to unplug and how to um not harden um so are there anything things that you can say to the people who might be listening or the people who will come to the event that might help them to make that commitment to some a daily ritual or something like that yeah, there's there's so many different practices that that someone could do in order to invoke the goddess. I mean, if you're talking about being on the yoga mat, obviously these qualities I've already mentioned you you put into place to help balance the system. You know, like gentleness and kindness and fluidity and playfulness and creativity and even fierceness, right? So you can put these on the mat. You can put some of these in your meditation. You can put some of this into your pranayam. But there are so many of these qualities that we could invoke in the way that we perceive people and the way that we uh, speak in relationships and, and talk to each other or the way that we embrace each other um, and in in the way that we look at e- at each other, and the way that we look at ourselves, uh, it, just to remind ourselves to be gentle and compassionate, and and even just the way that we move in our body, in the way that you walk, the way that you stand, can you can you stand like a goddess and move with fluidity? Can you adapt to new situations? 
in, in a way that's graceful and um, gentle. You know, so the goddess energy can be literally invoked into every step and every moment of each day. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on the mat with yoga. It's really important to acknowledge that most of it, ideally, is off the mat in the way that we um, manifest ways to solve problems and conflict. That yeah. is such a, a beautiful way to bring our interview to conclusion because it's such an integrated perspective. So thank you so much, Suzanne. You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. We'll end today's show with the J-Song Kappa mix sung by Michelle Dumond. Please visit us online at drishtipoint.ca. Fun to 
to one universal I'm a, I'm a creation Give thanks to the infinite to one universal one Yeah, yeah We sing praise to the infinite to one universal one Creation, give thanks to the infinite to one universal one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sing praise to the infinite to one universal one. Abba, Abba, creation.
And I know that Jah is forever beside me. I, 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 I know the love will remind me. I know that Jah is the light in a darkened world. I, 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 I must live in Thy way. 